Our text today is uh, the Old Testament reading, Isaiah 25. I want to uh, remind you of, uh, well, it looks like verse 7 and a little bit of verse 8. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Is this microphone working? Does it sound like it is? No. How about this? You got it. it messed with everything, so who knows what works. All right, so... Uh, with that Old Testament reading in mind, we have, uh, well, let me just ask you about this. What would you do to avoid dying? So, you know, because uh, you want to live forever, right? I, I know that that's way more complicated than it usually is supposed to sound, but it, it just is because, uh, you know, nobody wants to go uh, uh, to death. It's uh, one of those things that we have learned not to be happy about. And um, on the other hand, uh, you have probably discovered in your walk in this life that you can't avoid it. It's uh, inevitable uh, unless Jesus happens to beat that, uh, that goal line before you get there. You can't do anything about it. But you do realize that people do their best to avoid it, right? I mean, uh, the, the great difficulty is the things that you will do to avoid it can be kind of horrible. So you have to, you know, watch for that. But uh, the other thing I would say about that is it's death after all of these many centuries of people walking around. Uh, it's, it's starting to feel normal. You know, it's just uh, an inevitable part of walking around in life is death, right? I mean, that's the way it starts to feel. Uh, and, and, um, and, and it's probably not quite right. Anyone who heard Isaiah would certainly have been familiar with the curse and tragedy that death is. Because uh, they'd been, well... <laughs> It's not like nobody told them, but they've been told for a kind of a long time, uh, getting close to a couple hundred years, that uh, uh, people have been telling them that this great tragedy uh, that they've been announcing to them is, is about to be upon them. And, and by, by great tragedy, I mean Babylon. That exile was coming. Uh, and it did, in fact, happen. Uh, a little bit into the future from when this is uh, being spoken from Isaiah. Uh, and the destruction was indeed horrible. There were many, many, many deaths along the way. And I suppose that it was familiar, death was, to them like it is for any of us. Uh, and, and, and maybe more so for them. You know, we think we have long wars, but um, they'd been at war for probably nearly 200 years when Isaiah says this, because uh, uh, the Assyrians had come down to take away their northern brothers. Uh, that has been in progress, uh, is in progress when Isaiah is talking here. 
and uh, the Egyptians have come, and the Babylonians have dropped in on occasion, and the, uh, you know, you get, get the idea. They're in the middle of a bad spot, geographically speaking, and everybody wants the territory. So there was a lot of death and war and difficulty. It was familiar to them. And so they, they had trouble, more than likely had trouble, listening to Isaiah saying that God was going to end death altogether. Because, I mean, that's what this sounds like. It would have been better if, uh, I think if I was in their shoes, uh, it would have been better if he had done that before all the war stuff, before the exile to Babylon when people died horribly for a while. But it didn't happen that way. But it would have been nice to avoid all that horrifying destruction. So here we sit 2,500 years later, and it hasn't ended yet. There is still death. It still visits us, still causes us grief and mourning. Uh, it hurts us. It scares us. Death is, uh, on the other hand, familiar. We are aware of it. We are uh, acquainted with it. Uh, and um, sometimes if we work at it, we don't think about it at all. It is expected to come, and then I would suppose in many minds, if you look around the society that you lived in, uh, it's just a regular part of life as it plays out for us all. It's just sort of the thing that lies at the end of the path, and it's no big deal. Some would tell us not to see it as a curse at all. Uh, some would say it's not that big a tragedy, uh, but it's a kind of... Um, relief, they say, because life is often hard and uncomfortable and exhausting. And it's hard to argue with a lot of that. But I bet that many even welcome it. Just, you know, prefer it to daily hardship because, I mean, who wants to suffer? Nobody wants to suffer. So if you can avoid the suffering, some people choose that particular path. So there are suicides. That seems to be uh, a bigger problem this year than it was last year even. And, and uh, uh, there are attempts, even if they're not successful, that speak loudly that someone wants out. There are mercy killings that people talk about. There are abortions. To, you know, to help uh, a little child not come into a world of suffering for one reason or another, and et cetera. There's a long list of things that people do to excuse the pain and to welcome the release, or so the language goes. And yet here, God says he's going to do away with death forever and replace it with a celebration of life. except here we sit. It's really hard to hang on to that, especially when you're facing your mortality rather directly. But I have to tell you this, I'm with Isaiah on this, no matter what the appearances are, no matter what tradition says, no matter what common sense seems to say, death is not normal. Um, God calls death an enemy. He calls it a curse. It is, in anything you read that comes from a Christian person, a tragedy. Any other thought is truly disbelief and sin. 
You're not supposed to die. Human beings are not supposed to die. It's never been so. It's not ever. You're not supposed to. If you go back and look at Adam and Eve, then you would see that they would not have died except for sin. They would have lived forever. They'd be here with us to this day. I don't know how crowded things would get, but that's the way it was supposed to be. Death is the curse of sin. Now, the thing that's special for us as we have passed through this Holy Week and stay here uh, on this morning of resurrection, the thing that we know about the death curse is that all sin has been forgiven. Jesus went to a cross to forgive sin. And, and the thing also that goes with that is if there is no sin, then there's no wages of sin. Wages of sin being death. If there's no sin, then there's no death. That's what's changed. So today, it's evident that death is defeated because Christ has risen from the dead in front of witnesses. The tomb was empty. The people that went to find him there didn't find him there. He got up and he showed himself to people, a lot of people, and he's alive. In the flesh, glorified flesh, perfect, holy flesh, but everything that you are, your mind, your body, your soul, your very existence, everything about you that is human has been redeemed in Christ going to a cross and rising from his tomb. And so Isaiah talks about swallowing up death. And there's two other things that he talks about swallowing up that are a little bit hard to understand, I suppose. He talks about the, uh, swallowing up the covering that is cast over all peoples. He's talking about death, but the language he uses is a pall. Uh, I, some of you may not uh, recognize that language. Maybe you've heard of pall bearers. Uh, but uh, the, the pall is the covering that you put over the dead. So when Jesus is lying in the tomb dead, he has cloth. He's wrapped up in cloth. That's a pall. This says that God is swallowing up the pall that lays over everybody. And then he talks about a veil that is spread over all the nations. He's not a really, really big veil. It's the one that was on Jesus' face as he lie in the tomb. That veil that they laid over the face is, uh, uh, well, uh, you're probably familiar enough with the look of that. Uh, we, we heard uh, at the sunrise service this morning that when John went into the tomb, he saw that that veil that was on his face was folded up and set aside. Well, that's because it's been swallowed up. There's no more death. Jesus swallowed it. As he rose from the dead. So the pall is gone. And the veil is gone. There's no more mask. There's no more covering. There's no more death. He's also done away. Well. Death. Is called the last enemy. 
uh, it's hard for us to understand that sometimes. As I said, we, we have become so familiar with it, the humiliation of it, the tragedy of it, the mournfulness of it. But it is our enemy. Jesus calls it his enemy, last one defeated, broken, sent away. Jesus swallowed it up in victory. And just as Christ is victorious over sin at the cross and death from the tomb, so also your sin is gone in grace and death only brings you to, to the gate of eternal life. And as I said, the, the, the death that you experience, such as it is, will be only your body and only temporary. Your spirit will be with God immediately. That's what he's promised you. It's what he promised to the thief on the cross. But that is all temporary. But, you know, it's mostly what we only talk about. But uh, I want you to remember that Jesus didn't come back a spirit. He didn't rise from the dead just a spirit. He rose from the dead fully human, fully perfected, fully, completely holy. And that's what you will be when you come. He's going to restore your body completely, perfectly holy and put your soul back with it on that last day when he comes. And that is forever. And everything about you will be put back the way it's supposed to be. No more death, no more tears, no more mourning. Perfection, paradise, by the side of your God. That's the face of resurrection. That's the face of holiness. That's what you have in hope and eternal life. And that is the reason for the celebration with your heavenly father. Here and now in this moment as we remember his resurrection. But the other one will last for eternity. The other thing that's peculiar in this reading is it talks about on this mountain. It says it a couple of times. Uh, you know, the first time I saw that, I said, well, what do you mean mountain? What mountain are you talking about? Well, think about it a minute and you'd understand. The mountain he's talking about is Zion, Mount Zion. That's the, the mountain uh, where Jerusalem sits on top of that. Uh, the temple did when it was still standing. And uh, a lot of things happened up there. Zion is where Jesus appeared for his purpose to save you all from sin and death. His ministry happened up there, or a lot of it did. He entered on a donkey that last week. And then the, uh, the other thing that's up there, just outside the city, is a place that we call Golgotha. Sometimes we call it Calvary. It means the same thing. It's the place of the skull, which is where he was crucified and where in his blood all of your sins were forgiven. On Zion, on the mountain. And then Jerusalem also is the place where he rose from the dead. And this is from death to prove that you have indeed received your salvation. He comes out of the tomb. He leaves it empty. He leaves death behind the pall and the mask he leaves behind so that you know that all of your forgiveness is true and done and completed. And when he said it is finished, that's what he meant. Sin is gone. Death is lies dead. 
in the victory that Jesus has achieved. This is the reason why we sit here. This is why we celebrate. This is why we rejoice in the salvation of your Lord. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.